Hey, it's Margot Tantau here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation. And so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble Like I need a friend Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again Spin our favorite records Discuss the latest trends Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again I am so glad that you're here with me today. Thank you so much. I hope you all are having, you know, easing your way into this full-on holiday season. My goodness, I was, um, I'm a little thrown by, um, what is it, Small Business Saturday and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all those things, but um, they're good for if you know what you need and it's out there, but don't forget all these artists that are making beautiful things and need our support. I wanted to share a really, you guys are leaving the best reviews. It just warms my heart. And I love it when you do that. So keep it up. Here is one from Audrey from Macon, Georgia. Margo is smart, warm, and encouraging. I have been so inspired by her spirit and the stories from those she interviews. Each episode has great little nuggets of insight into this broad world of art and design. Thank you, Margo, for sharing your chats. Thank you, Audrey, for listening. I am really happy today to share a little bit more about the background of some of my visual favorites. Pulling this podcast together, you know, you think, gosh, that little image is tiny, but it has to be dynamic. And then you think, oh my gosh, I need to find a graphic artist, which is wonderful Ike Studios, and I need to find great music and photography. Now that sometimes is a challenge. And I ended up finding the most wonderful photographer who ended up becoming an instant sister friend. And today I bring you a conversation with Elise, Elise Giordano, who lives here on Vashon Island, which is just another lucky thing. Elise has lived a lot in her life that is really, she's in the prime of, and, and she has some great stories for us. I'll tell you a little bit more about her. Her background is both in journalism and marketing. She definitely knows how to make a product shine through compelling storytelling, and I'd say a product and a person. She worked as the in-house photographer for the adventure brand Outdoor Research. She captures product in an authentic way using natural light and movement. Today's audience is looking for a real story, a moment they can see themselves in, an adventure they want to go on. She excels at creating just that. In her words, I am not an influencer. Working with brands like Eddie Bauer, Nemo, Equipment, Good and Well, Company and More, I am adept at using my talent and skill to capture a brand's voice in beautiful places. My marketing chops have instilled me with the ability to take direction, receive critique, and produce a product that you can use across a variety of channels. Have an upcoming project? Check out our show notes and be sure to see the just beautiful things and be inspired by Elise and her story and some of the things she's done. A cool little story that we don't talk about in the podcast itself is when Elise was hired by Outdoor Research, she was the first in-house photographer and videographer for them. She, her first ever viral shoot happened during her first two weeks there on the job. And, and um, you can check that out at EliseGiordano.com. And again, that's in the show notes. But with no further ado, I introduce you to my dear friend, Elise. Well, I am 
thrilled to be talking to you today, Miss Elise. Me too. The really how you like and find a photographer that you, you know, feel like has your mojo is I think one of the hardest things ever. It's like a relationship, you know, when you know, you know, totally. And there's so many fantastic photographers. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan and I have many, many that I love. But as far as like who you kind of think can capture your essence, because that's also something I've, I've never done. I mean, you know, that's... <laughs> You have a lot of essence. <laughs> and I don't mean like, who could go to my essence? <laughs> I mean like, oh my God, who who would I actually feel comfortable? Right. No, I know what you mean. Clicking a shutter because that's yeah. the part that, you know. Yeah. The I feel vul- like that's the vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's something um, like not to chew my own horn, but that's something that I hear a lot from a lot of people is that like you make me feel so comfortable. Um you know, someone I just recently worked with said, you know, there are a lot of great photographers, but you're easy to work with and like fun to be around. And so that's, you know, really why I love working with you. I love your product, obviously, but you're just, you make me feel at ease and comfortable and it's just, you know, a joy to do. So, well, I guess when it goes both ways is when, is when you're comfortable enough to smile your own smile and laugh your own laugh and try something, you know, that feels more natural. Right. That's bringing out, you know, people in their most comfortable state and making them look like who they are, not just Being as willing posed. to climb yeah. through windows and <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get the shot, Margo, do it. <laughs> how do you think you landed on your style? Like how, what was the genesis of? Oh God. Of it's that? funny. Cause I wouldn't even say I have landed on a style. Oh, that's refreshing. <laughs> Um, I feel like maybe to other people, it looks like I have a style, but to me, I feel like I'm always kind of like floundering and like, I don't know. Am I wearing, how about, how about, you know, trying different creative angles? I think, you know, it's funny. I'll look back at like where I was like 10 years ago or even five years ago and things that like I thought were really good. I'm like, Oh God, that's horrible. Like, what was I thinking? Um, but I mean, this is so cliche, but just like practicing, I've just, I shoot like every day, all the time. I'm just shooting all the time, different kinds of things. And I think just practicing myself has just made it evolve and change. Um, But, you know, my background is in journalism. And so like capturing something at its true core or, you know, like you said, bringing out the true essence of someone is like what I was trained to do. Um, So I've just brought in like marketing and, um, more creative things into that, you know, journalistic side. I'm always fascinated um, by people's paths to what they do creatively, because I think, you know, if somebody says, oh, as a teacher, and now I do this, or mm-hmm. in your case, I was a journalist, and and that it just makes so much sense, because you think in story, you think in digging out the details, you think in shining a light in the corners kind of thing, and and how that comes through in the work you do any creative work you do or or just how you relate to people I think is that's a strength you know another photographer might have everybody has a totally different path but it's I always love kind of connecting those dots yeah it's funny as a kid I remember I asked a lot of questions I just asked questions all the time and I remember a friend of mine getting on my case like Elise you ask too many questions just just stop asking questions and I think about that now you know I was embarrassed as a kid and now it's such an asset that I'm just constantly wanting even when I'm not working I'm just like oh tell me more about this and tell me more about that and um, yeah, I'm just a very inquisitive person by nature. And so it's kind of leached into my, my work. When did you decide you wanted to do that professionally? I mean, you always, you were probably always playing with it because you love to look at things that way, but when did actually it turn into- my whole life from the time I was like five years old to the time I was 20, I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> Um, and I was like dead set on it Uh, and then I got to school college at University of Florida and realized my brain is not mathematical and it cannot do that (laughs) Um, so I just pushed and pushed and pushed and I was miserable and I remember the day that I was like I was driving past the veterinary school and I was like I just have to let this go like I it is making me miserable you failed chemistry like four times this is not working so you really went into it yeah I was trying hardcore trying 
Um, and I remember passing the veterinary school and just feeling like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. And like the waves of relief washing off mm. of me, like you, you've let it go. Oh, wow. And um, in school, I had actually, it was horrible advice. They told me I could do any major I wanted. And so I picked photography uh-huh. and their photography program is super intense. You have to do two years of all these art classes and then your third year apply for the photography program. So you might not even get in. So I was doing all these uh, vet prerequisites and art prerequisites. It was just way too much. Um, Mm. So I knew I didn't want to do their photography program and I knew I didn't want to do veterinary. So I was like, well, what else is there that I can use my, you know, artistic side? And I found the journalism school and um, they had a you know journalism degree with a concentration in photography. Oh, cool. Um, and so I did that and it kind of just took off. Um, but what's so funny is in my senior year of high school, my dad made me take one of those Myers-Briggs tests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a three hour questionnaire of all these things. And remember at the time I wanted to be a vet. So I'm answering this all honestly, truthfully, I finished the test. And the number one thing on this test that I should be was photographer. You're kidding. No, that's really what it said. And so, of course, I didn't listen. I still tried to be a vet. And um, I guess Myers. What a silly thing. (laughs) I guess Myers Briggs knew me better than I knew myself because here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, So then I did the journalism um, and, you know, I had so many photo jobs and gigs and internships. And um, yeah, it just kind of evolved to where I am now. Well, you've done such great projects. I mean, I love, you know, this time of COVID is, I mean, you're obviously not traveling and doing the work you would, but I feel like you're digging in and like, I'm seeing pictures that you might not have posted <laughs> totally. in the first place. <laughs> and it's like every day, it's like, what, what, tell me yeah. about that trip. What are those canoe, you know, I mean, kayaks. Yeah, totally. just gorgeous. And so a little bit about so you, you were in Florida and you got yourself out here and you got yourself involved with some companies that were willing to, you know, stretch their creativeness a bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more about that. Cause you've done some cool stuff. So, um, like I said, I was in journalism and, um, I had this amazing professor. His name was Darren Dean. He's now a great friend of mine and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And he's, I really kind of, um, feel like a lot of where I am today, I owe to him because he talked about interning in Alaska and how amazing it was. And I was like, well, I want to go to Alaska. That sounds amazing. And so I found this little internship, like one of the few or only paid ones in Alaska. It was at this tiny newspaper called the Skagway News. Um, So I applied and I was actually the runner up because they preferred Alaskans. And so they, they gave it to an Alaskan. Not Floridians. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) Which is so funny because well, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, so I applied and I was the runner up and then that girl didn't want it. And so it came oh, to me. Nice. And the other staff uh, staff writer they had was a UF grad. Oh. And I had actually met her at a club one time during her senior year of college. Crazy. And we never spoke again after that. And now we're best friends. So it was like we had we our lives have kind of mirrored each other. But anyway, so um, I did this internship in Alaska and I fell in love with this town, um, met a guy, of course, and, you know, fell in love in multiple ways. But I had to come back to Florida to graduate my senior year. So did that, you know, worked for some newspapers. I worked for the UF Levin College of Law as a photographer. Um, I was also shooting weddings in St. Pete. And so I was Mm. driving like three hours just to make like 900 bucks. Like Mm -hmm. I worked my way through college. I had three jobs. I didn't have scholarships Mm -hmm. or loans. I just worked Worked. all the time. Um, So graduated and then drove back to Alaska because I loved it so much. Wow. So drove from Florida to Alaska and um, the paper didn't have a position open. So I was a tour guide at a brothel museum. This is the best. (laughs) mild stint as a tour guide might you have had a name i did uh it was madam essie x <laughs> and i'd have tourists say doesn't that spell sex i'm like yes it does sir <laughs> look at where you are <laughs> so i would dress up like this you know 1898 madam and give people walking tours throughout town talking about the history of prostitution and 
um, the gold rush, but it was just such a lesson in public speaking. Colorful past. Yeah. To keep people entertained for two hours is no small. Talk about a lesson. That's yeah. yeah. And storytelling for sure. Totally. And just an amazing experience and talking point, you know, like that's back to the business side of things, like having something on your resume, that's like a, whoa, what is this? You know, a talking point that's not just photographer, photographer, photographer is huge because it, you know, it makes you memorable and That's a good point. Don't leave those out. Those are the things where you can start a conversation. Right. Totally. So I did that for three months. And at the end of the summer, Katie, who's my BFF now, was leaving. And so this position opened up. Uh, So everything kind of just fell into place. So I took over as the, the staff writer. And then the editor was kind of taking a step back at the time. So I found myself the editor of this paper. So and it's a small paper. You know, the town is only 900 people year round. A lot of people go on cruises and see Skagway, yeah, yeah. but I was everything. I wrote every story. I took every photo. I laid out every issue. I drove to Whitehorse two and a half hours away, picked it up, brought it back, folded them, delivered them to the post office. Oh my gosh. Hired intern. Uh, just, I did everything. So great. What great experience. Yeah. For about three years. And then, um, you know, I'm very much a person who just needs to keep growing and going yeah. and I was as high as I could go <laughs> without, <Yeah. laughs> you know, owning it, which I didn't want to do. So um, I kind of set my sights on Seattle because it was close and a big city and still on the West Coast. Yeah. And um, started applying for jobs. And I applied for a job with Outdoor Research. And I didn't really know who they were at the time. But the guy I was dating was like, this is cool. You got to apply for this. Mm. And I didn't hear anything for weeks. And I thought, you know, I didn't get it. And I went on a backpacking trip. And when I came home, I had an email waiting for me on a Saturday, I think like, hey, Elise, we'd love to set up an interview for, um, you know, two Mondays from now. So it was like a week and a half or something out. And they wanted me to come in. Oh, "Oh, shit. I'm in Alaska and they're in Seattle. And, you know, my my boyfriend at the time was like, you should just go in like you should just do it. And so I booked a last minute flight to Seattle without asking them. I just did it. Yeah. And then I designed a whole portfolio, a printed portfolio, like a book. Mm-hmm. And I had it shipped to the airport in Seattle. Oh and so gosh. I got off the plane and went to this shipping place to pick up this portfolio I designed to bring right to my interview. Wow. <laughs> and um, I got the job. One more of those just make <laughs> yeah. it happen stories. Yeah. And my boss, you know, told me later that it was that effort. She was like, you know, flew from Alaska, printed a portfolio. It wasn't on an iPad. Like you actually had this thing printed. It says a lot about what that person's going to do. Yeah. So I was actually the first photo video coordinator for outdoor research. They'd never had the role before. So I had to learn a lot of things. Um, You know, I had to catalog all the photos, keep track of all the copyrights, um, organize lifestyle shoots, shoot lifestyle shoots, do on model photography, send all the assets out to all the companies who needed them, um, keyword everything. So any piece of clothing that was in a photo, I had to write it down. Like, well, these mm. are the floodlight jacket. These are the this pants, you know, so oh it, it was searchable. Um, and then I'd you be like about five people's jobs. Yeah, I'd be out on a shoot with all like I remember there was this one shoot that I had organized and found all the models for, which were just my coworkers. And we're out on the water and I'm in a canoe. And then everyone's on kayaks and stand up paddle boards. And I have the front of the canoe just loaded with clothes. Mm. And so there'd be a gal on a stand up paddle board. And I'd be like, here, put this dress on. Okay, change into that. Okay, here, you put this hat on. And then I'd you know, check off on my list. Like, okay, photograph that, photograph that. Okay, now change into this. So I was like 10 people. <laughs> oh my God. And you're photographing it. And yeah. you're cataloging yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And you're trying to make them laugh. And yeah. 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 So a lot of hats. Um, Again, though, that that's it. It goes along with your mm-hmm. <laughs> your path. I think that my my job at the newspaper really, yeah. you know, set me up for success for that because, you know, there was no one to tell me what to do. I just had to do it all and figure it all out. Yeah. Um, and that's just bled into, you know, every area of my life of just like figure it out, do it, figure it out. Yeah. You know, Um yeah. But yeah, that job led to really cool opportunities. Um, I organized a photo shoot in Whitefish, Montana. It was actually like three weeks before I left, we did the shoot. And I had to work with the, um, their tourism department and organize, mm-hmm. like it was kind of a, 
collaboration with them where they plan things for us to do. We were all supposed to take the train and last minute Amtrak pulled out and was like, no, we don't do trades anymore. So I had to figure out air airfare for all these people, some of which were in Alaska, some were in Seattle and some of them wanted to stay to ski. And so I had to plan all of these things um, and get, you know, our place to stay. It was just crazy. And then go shoot everything. and manage all of them and then come back and edit and get everything and then leave my job quit (laughs) yeah and by the way (laughs) yeah so it was um but it was amazing it was an awesome experience and um yeah it it was hard to leave but you know it was a good choice obviously because here I am now exactly and how did Eddie Bauer work play into that oh my god Uh, it was kind of a miracle so I feel like um in all my experience and, and work, like I've just followed, this is so cliche, but like, I've just followed what feels right. Like I followed my heart, like same with leaving it's cliche, Skagway. But if it works, why not? Yeah. I mean, Skagway was so like, true. it feels like home still. I loved that place so much. And so leaving was felt like this insurmountable thing, but it just felt like I need to do it and I need to listen to myself and I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And th- the same thing happened with OR. It was like, I just can't be here anymore. Like it's yep. led to all these great things, but I could be doing this on my own. I need to do this on my own. Yep. Um, so I lined it up. I gave four weeks notice and I lined it up that I'd go back to Skagway like the day after my final day. So I had lined up a wedding, tons of portraiture, like I just so that I could have this nest egg for myself, mm. um, you know, money. Yeah. Um, and so I was on the plane to Alaska. I was sitting on the tarmac. And I had just posted that I left, like I'd written a comment on or a caption on Instagram that it was my final day and it left a great experience, blah, blah, blah. Five minutes after I post it, this amazing woman who's now a dear friend of mine, Melissa Arnott, messaged me and she's this badass like mountaineer. She's summited Everest six times. She was the first American woman to summit without additional oxygen. Like she is a badass. So she pops into my DMs <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> five minutes after I post this. And she's like, hey, girl, saw that you left OR. Would you be interested in shooting Freddie Bauer like on the side? I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, then I have to go on this flight for three hours. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I get to Alaska and like the next day I'm on the phone with Eddie Bauer's you know, marketing team. And they're like, we want to send you to Moab in like 12 days. And so I was going to be in Alaska for two weeks, I think. So I had to cut my trip short. I mean, I finished all the work I was going to do, but I had shot a wedding and I had to leave the day after I shot the wedding, got on a plane, got home, got my stuff and flew it directly out to Moab and shot a campaign for them. So in that moment, it just felt like I'd had all this uncertainty about leaving this full-time job and healthcare and all these things. And like, am I making the right choice? And it just felt like the universe was like, yep, because it's going to work out. Like, I love that, you know, and it's how you put yourself out there, right? Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the images you choose to show. It's who's watching. It's, it's how you, who you put yourself in front of. It's how you speak. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all those things that make people notice. And, and it's really, I just find it so amazing that when you, when you make a choice, even if you haven't moved it yet, but you've made it in your head, those doors and windows just start to fly open. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 was a uh, it was what I needed to feel like I'm doing the right thing because it's scary. It's terrifying going from a full time job to working for yourself, especially in Seattle. I mean, where things are so expensive, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's somehow How have things changed in the past, you know, nine months. <laughs> with, you know, how haven't they changed? How haven't they? <laughs> but for your work, like, cause you know, one day you can go shoot a group of people and mm-hmm. one week later you can't. And so I know it was a little bit of a totally a tricky time. Actually pretty heartbreaking. So yeah. in April, I was supposed to go with Melissa Arnott and Eddie Bauer to Nepal to shoot a documentary about Sherpa women um, and this incredible uh, fund Melissa started called the Juniper Fund. Uh, I was going to be there for a month. We were going to get helicoptered into the mountains, see Everest, like things that 
little Elise never would have imagined she'd do. Yeah. And it was going to be this huge game changer. And um, then COVID hit. And so that was like probably the biggest heartbreak I've suffered in a long time. But and, and I guess also the first probably like the first three months of COVID, I was on the phone with my dad multiple times a week, like my business is dead, like just crying that like I'd spent a year making this thing, building it well, more than a year. I mean, I had my own business mm-hmm. for like 10 years, but focusing on it for a year and all the work was gone. It was just Mm -hmm. dead. And it felt like, you know, it'd been this thing had been taken from me. This dream had been taken from me. And I remember my dad was like, at least it's not dead. Like, it's just it's a break. Like, why do you keep thinking it's dead? You know, I'm a very sensitive, emotional person. So I'm just like, it's dead. (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, dad, you may have lived a lot longer than me and run a business, (laughs) but you don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he was right um so you know I I just tried to find ways to be creative and like feed my creativity and um I have these beautiful candles from a Seattle company called good and well and um I used one up and I was like what else could I do with this and so I just stuck some flowers in it and I took a picture because it was pretty and I posted it tagged them in it not -hmm. thinking of anything and she reached out and was like hey would you be interested in shooting for us like doing Mm -hmm. a trade trade deal um, you know, candles for photos. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I had a great time shooting them, complete free creative reign to do it. Sent her a ton of photos and she loved them. And she was like, well, what if we made this a paid gig monthly? You create monthly mm-hmm. content for me and, you know, sounds great. And at the time, it was just like a gift from above, like, oh yeah. my God, I'm going to get monthly income from something. Yeah. And it still feels like a gift from above just because having a client that trusts you completely and says like, here, I want four gifts, do whatever you want. Or, Hey, I want, you know, here, just shoot these. Like there's no limit from her of what I can do. So it's just, it's amazing to get paid, to be creative in a way that you want to be. And coming from a marketing team, that's not really common. You know, it's like, you have these guidelines you have to fit into. Yeah. So it's really amazing. Um, But I also had to completely you know, change my sights to Vashon. Like I, I knew that I couldn't travel much. And so I had to work locally. So I started reaching out to lots of companies here. I reached out to um, Aaron from Vashon Adventures and said, Hey, could we do a campaign? Um, You know, reached out to the Chamber of Commerce, reached out to lots of local businesses. And, um, you know, at first people were pretty hesitant to do anything just because of the times and budgets and not knowing what they could afford. Um, But but, then how interesting they actually really need that right now. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all of those things that I reached out about worked out. Like I ended up doing a campaign for fashion adventures. I'm working with the chamber of commerce and all those little things have led to other connections and all of those people, things that I said yes to that maybe weren't paid or things that were just Mm -hmm. for fun have Mm -hmm. led to recommendations Mm -hmm. from other people and other things. Um, And, you know, it's funny. I worked with Eddie Bauer a lot last year and I made a good amount of money from working with them. They're great. But my business was unhealthier because I didn't have many clients. I just had a few that paid a lot. Mm -hmm. And now I have a lot that don't pay a lot. Mm -hmm. But because there's more of them, it just feels like I have this much healthier net, yeah. you know, where if one falls out, it's fine because yeah. I've got all these others. Um, so yeah. it's it was kind of a hard lesson to learn, like a, a hard transition, but it's been so much for the best. And I I did do a shoot with Eddie Bauer a couple of weeks ago on the coast with one with one athlete that they're bringing on. So it's just been a great mixture of working with individuals, still working with companies, working with people on island who need it. Yeah, it's been really good. Is there a company or a, well, besides going to Nepal and doing the <laughs> Sherpa woman, is there something that that's on your dream list? Oh, um, well, you know, it's funny. I, something I really suffer with is what, what I want to do. Like I have this drive to want to work with big companies kind of for like the notoriety of it which mm-hmm. feels kind of shitty to say no, um right. but just to, to be like wow like I'm, no, I shot for Target or I yeah. shot for Coca-Cola or something you know that's like 
I can put I've been my there. Stamp on. I mean, I've had I've taken jobs because of that reason for sure. Right. Right. And that was the reason why it was hard to leave OR because I'm like, this is a big name that people can, you know, put me with, which is yeah. cool. No, it helps. Um, but then I guess that the older I get, the more I realize like that's not that important. Um, but I still struggle with it. Like I, I would love to shoot something for Target. I'd love yeah. to shoot something for Patagonia, which that doesn't yeah. feel as far out of reach as Target does. But you I never know. know who's listening, Elise. <laughs> hey, Patagonia, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> I might. The thing Ben, my boyfriend, says to me is that I am so hard on myself, mm-hmm. and I second guess myself all the time. Margo might say that to you. <clears throat> yeah, Margo would say that to me. <laughs> Like if I don't hear from someone for a few days or maybe if I don't hear from them ever, I'm like, oh, God, they didn't like what I did or, oh, God, that wasn't good enough. And then, you know, five months later, like, hey, Elise, can we hire you again? Yeah, you know, how human and, of you. Exactly. Right. I know. So I just constantly um, second guess myself and I'm really hard on myself. I'm just like I'm a perfectionist and I want everything to be as good as it possibly can be. Um, so, you know, oftentimes I'll. I think also like imposter syndrome, that's something I've, I suffer yeah. with like, Oh, I couldn't shoot for them because they're just not good enough. And then, you know, there I am, I'm shooting for them. Yeah. Well, and exactly. And two, when, when it's not a normal way of doing business, when, when the flow isn't going from one mm-hmm. thing to the next, because there's not the opportunity of that, then it, it just make it magnifies all that because mm-hmm. they can't hire you right away. Or right. maybe they don't have the product or somebody's, you know, they don't have the meetings they would normally mm-hmm. have. So that, that has a trickle down effect, I think totally. for sure. And I well, just, the communications are down right now too. People aren't, you know, responding to emails as much as they normally would. They're not, you know, they're, they're working from home with kids and juggling this and that. And yeah. so, so many things are falling through the cracks for everyone, me included. Yeah. I just have to say, I think you're the way you see things from the color, from the, you know, the way a picture is put together, the way you bring out the, the person or the, the thing is you just separate yourself from the pack and in, in the biggest way. I'm so, I mean, literally I've worked with, I've, I've done a ton of magazine work, lots of catalog work. I've worked with amazing photographers who I absolutely love. Um, but again, when it's, when it's choosing to represent your own self in a certain way, and all of a sudden there's somebody that just clicks personality <laughs> and style and vision. It, it's just a, it's kind of a magical thing. And oh, I would think you. certainly if I worked for target, I would call you. <laughs> certainly if I worked for Patagonia, I would call you. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, what product can I create just so Elise can shoot it? <laughs> oh yeah. I think there's something like just to be set. Like I remember when I worked at OR, you know, I, I had, send assets out to all these parent companies and people who had, you know, were carrying OR or whatever. And I don't remember how I found it, but my photo from some shoot I'd done was on this building in like Switzerland. I oh think it was. And it was like blown up like the size of my house. It was huge. <laughs> and I was, and I, I mean, I only saw a photo of a photo, right. But I right. was like, Holy crap. Look at my photo. It's <laughs> on this building in Switzerland. <laughs> and you know, I think that goes back to my newspaper days, like seeing the, like your, yeah. your, your byline on the front page yeah. under the photo. And I don't think you really ever get sick of that feeling, no matter how big you get. It's just like this enormous pride and like, yeah, heck yeah, I did that. You know, like it just feels so good. Well, and it's, it's like- a trippy thing, you know, photography, because you are, I mean, not to wax poetic, but you're, you're capturing something that many people are going to see. It's, it's becomes permanent. Mm-hmm. You're giving a visual opinion. You're putting that out there. And I, I do love that. It's like, it's like, if you buy a record and you, or, a, you know, mute, you listen to the same recording of a song and then you happen to go to a bunch of concerts mm-hmm. and think like, oh my gosh, he didn't sing that note that way every right. single time he sang that song. Mm-hmm. But, and I think capturing that photograph, you're do- giving that product its surroundings or mm-hmm. that person or whatever it is. And I think, you know, with the magazine work and stuff, I always was so interested is and when a picture was chosen knowing what it could have been or Mm -hmm. what five others were or what Mm -hmm. was just out of the frame something like that and I think it's it's kind of humbling in a way but you really 
you really are putting something out into the world that is bigger than your house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, <laughs> right. It's got a lot more legs and it's pretty, it's pretty And it cool. lasts a long time. I know. Old photos. I love looking at old photos and just wondering, like, like if you go to an, uh, an antique store or something, and you know, they've got those box of the old black and whites and there's something so nostalgic and also just sad about it. You know, like there's yeah. these people Somebody in a box. Yeah. And who knows who that is? Like, what was your story and what was your life? And, and who were you? What great things did you do? And some of my antiquing days, I would just, I would just say, okay, today's just going to be about photographs. And I, would oh, just I love that photographs. I love that. So you just got a super eight camera. <gasps> I did. And it was so cool. <laughs> a very expensive investment as far as uh, developing and film, but so worth it. It just feels like it's got this old quality that's uh you know that's one thing about you is you don't forget you you are an adventurer you seek Mm -hmm. visual and Mm -hmm. and physical adventures and then you Mm -hmm. capture them so that's another way if somebody's just following you on instagram and looking at your stories oh my gosh (laughs) yeah um yeah i i think you know one of your questions that you sent me was what lights you up and i asked ben i was like what what lights me up ben i had it's funny i had a lot easier time answering what trips me up <laughs> and what lights <laughs> of course. me up. Of and, course. Uh, <laughs> like I said, being hard on myself. But, you know, he was like, well, getting outside and taking adventure photos, that really lights you up. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like being able to be in this, I mean, that photo kind of takes itself, right? Like being in this incredible place with this beautiful backdrop and mountains and oceans and trees. And um, I really get inspiration from that. And I just feel, I don't know, I feel really alive outside it comes Um, it comes through yeah but I think that's also something that frustrates me right now on social media specifically Instagram Uh, I think that there are so many photographers who shoot the same especially in the outdoor Mm -hmm. arena yeah it's just everyone's a cookie cutter of each other in the way that they edit in the shots that they choose in the angles that they shoot um they all blend into each other. And so that's been something that I've really tried to not be. Um, I've tried to blend in. Yeah. I've tried to be really true to myself and not shoot in muted colors and not only shoot someone from behind with their hand reaching out and mm-hmm. sitting under a waterfall with this cascading water, element, whatever, you know, it, it gets a little, I've actually taken a step back from Instagram this like past week, just because mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted by it but yeah there's a lot of people right now who are just flooding the photography air quotes photography market with um just very cookie cutter that, style this thing they hold in their hand all mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's they're I all mean, a professional now yeah that's a and again i think you know with anybody listening who paints or makes something or draws or whatever mm-hmm. um it is that lights you up mm-hmm. you know that it it does begin to feel like oh my gosh Seriously, another butterfly or whatever mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. might be. And how do I make mine different? Because mm-hmm. I still need to to do that. And it's, you know, I think it comes from, we've been talking about this with a cu- couple of people, you know, nobody has the exact history you do and the, and the things that define you. So if, mm-hmm. if you say to yourself, I really don't want to take a waterfall cascading over somebody's head picture but i still need to take a picture of this waterfall right so how's it going to be different and that's i think such a good thing to remember about all the things that we're doing and how to start to battle that imposter syndrome or anything Mm -hmm. just like head down get what what do i see how do i see it my way and what do i bring to it that's different Mm -hmm. well i think also there's this sense of like there's a lot of people who consider themselves photographers who just post a ton about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember this, this professor I told you about Darren Dean, when I was in Alaska, I was making these videos of my adventures and um, I would have the camera like this a lot pointed on me, like seeing me adventuring and I'm holding oh, sure. the camera because it was my trip. It was my adventure. I wanted to be in it, whatever. And I remember he said to me, he was like, what if you turned the camera around? Like, and it was very humbling because it was like, oh, God, how embarrassing. Like, my teacher is saying, like, stop focusing on yourself, you narcissistic idiot. <laughs> but I feel like I want to say that to a lot of people today. Like, okay, what if you just stop taking pictures of yourself and instead yes. started taking pictures of the things around you and the people around you? 
because that's what I find interesting. Like, I don't want to see a thousand curated selfies of you because I know you took tons of pictures to get that one perfect one because we all have done that. And it's just social media has created this like unreal uh, expectation of what people's lives are like. And it's just unhealthy. And so much. That's not what photography should be. No. And I think I think that's interesting, too, because it's a certain I don't know where that where it started to be like the thing you did was take a I know. selfie. I don't know. Why did um, that? Why yeah. is that? I, I mean, I know putting yourself out there every once in a while is a really good thing because people yeah. like to see who's mm-hmm. behind the work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But every other picture doesn't I don't I know. feel the need to, to know no. that as much. It just, yeah. I mean, and in some ways it's funny because, you know, people don't, I've come to learn, don't know who I, like they probably couldn't pick me out of a crowd. Like they know my work, but they don't necessarily know who I am. And I kind of like that. You know, I like that. I think a lot of photographers, their brand has become themselves. Yeah. And I don't think I want that. Like I want my brand to be my work and my skill, Uh, not just who my, who I am or who my face is. Um, Like I want you to hire me because you love what I do and what I can create for you. If it's about ourselves, that's just a whole lot of pressure. If it's about our work, like you said, it's like your work is ever evolving. Mm -hmm. So then it can be about what it's, what you want to be doing. Totally. My favorite photography teacher. I went to UC Davis and I think, I think I've told you about him. His name was Harvey Himmelfarb is Harvey. Harvey (laughs) That's a great name. It was one of my favorite names ever. I will never forget it because it's so easy to say, but he was great and challenging. And I do believe he lives in Puget Sound at the moment, but he like, I kept one book from college. Is that the one you showed me that one it day? Is. I love that book. It was from his class. And, um, you know, it's always been something I've been interested in. So when I look at a photograph, not interested being like, oh, I wish I was a photographer, mm-hmm. but I sure appreciate what goes into it. Right. You know, one of the things we've talked about before that I think a lot of people relate to is, okay, so photography, yes, Myers-Briggs said you should be that, and <laughs> but it was a passion mm-hmm. and it is a passion, but how do you balance... You know, how do you balance it when it's your livelihood, too, and you still want to get your creative mojo out there? That is hard. Um, I think, honestly, I had this realization like a couple months ago where it's like my my business and my photography was the thing I did after work. Like, oh, I have to edit pictures. I have to do this. I have to, you know. And maybe have to isn't the right word because I wanted to. It was my hobby. It was my thing. But now that is my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I sat down and I realized like I need something after work, which is, you know, my schedule is Most whatever I want it to yeah. be. Yeah. But I needed to sit down afterward and fill myself with something else creative. And so I started picking up stained glass and that was a really great way to just like clear my head of everything else and dive into something with my hands. Um, but with photography, I don't know, it's hard. It's really hard to balance that, to keep it a passion um, and not just a moneymaker. Um, I don't know that I've quite 100% figured it out yet. But I think like, so finding another creative outlet is that, are you finding that helps free up your time and just makes you feel creative in another way? Yes. But it's funny, the things that I struggle with the photography leach into the stained glass. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. Could I sell these? Are these actually good enough? <laughs> Why isn't it, it perfect? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it gives me more free time in my mind. It gives me a, a way to step back from my normal work, but it's very time consuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can but you taught yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because my mom did it when I was a kid and in my head, stained glass is kind of like, I don't want this to sound mean, but kind of fuddy duddy looking like bunnies and rabbits and, and, you know, butterflies and flowers and I'm not into that. And then I found just amazing accounts on Instagram with really modern, really cool stained glass. And I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I want to try this. And that's kind of a funny thing. Like I was trying to look for inspiration last night of people that inspire me on my, um, that I follow on Instagram. And there were a few photographers, but I find way more inspiration from artists, illustrators, stained glass makers, ceramics, you know, creators, like on Instagram than I do from photographers. So yeah, just YouTube, which I mean, really 
that's how I taught myself video editing was just all self-taught on YouTube, Googling mm-hmm. things like, how do I do this? And then following what they tell me to do and just constantly practicing and trying new things and, you know, learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really fun to watch because I think you're one of those people that does embrace an idea, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, and, and, and says, how can I make this mine and how can I make it unique? And that's, to me, that's the sign of a true artistic business person. If you're going to have that business is if I'm going to put myself out there, how do I do it in a way that is going to feed me Mm -hmm. creatively and get myself noticed, you know? Yeah. You send your portfolio to the airport and pick it up on your way. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you I get a super eight camera. Yeah. Yeah. The super eight camera has been so cool. Your your videos from your recent road trip, just because not only she's not telling you that she has a van to go along with the super eight <laughs> camera. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a really van life yeah, happening too. A van life, but a very um dirty van life. <laughs> <laughs> you've got so, the cute dog you've got- yeah yeah 1973 dodge tradesman that has tons of issues and is not a sprinter <laughs> <laughs> but she is a great adventure pal and yeah the super eight just made it look it really great. epic <laughs> yeah, yeah i think you know if you okay i don't usually ask this question but if somebody's out there right now thinking, oh my gosh, how can I, I don't have a van and I don't have a suit, you know, and I don't have yeah. a plan and like, oh my can't... gosh, I, it's so funny you asked that because I, I was just talking about the story the other day, Ben and I, before we started dating, loved, we each wanted to travel a lot and our perspective, our partners weren't into it. And so when we got together, it was just like, let's do anything we can. And so we booked all these little tiny trips. Like we booked a day trip to San Francisco. We flew in early in the morning, brought a backpack, had all these tourist things to do, had dinner, flew out that night. So, you know, one and done quick, get in and out. Um, And our first big road trip together was to Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. And we didn't have the van. We just had Ben Subaru. So we slept in the Subaru every night and we'd have to rearrange everything like move the cooler from the front seat or from the back seat into the front. And I mean, the, the Subaru was like a hot mess, but (laughs) I have, will always remember that trip so fondly because it was just, it was down and dirty, you know, like where we let's camp on the side of the road. Let's camp here. We're just climbing the bed of the Subaru. And, and it's like a, it was like a 2007 Subaru. It's not like the nice big, you know, SUV ones. It's the little one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I just, just, and we don't plan things. We just like, okay, where are we going to stay tonight? Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, yeah, that's how the best adventures are made. Um, and I mean, I guess that's kind of true with life, right? It's just like, I'm going to do this for now and we'll see what happens. I really feel like if you can, if, if you can be okay with listening to your heart and your gut and trying to put those two together and follow that path, that's where the best, mm-hmm. best things come from. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I didn't do that. Exactly. You know, totally. I mean, this whole project you're doing is a labor of love. Yeah, it is. And it's so much fun. And I think it's all about the realness that, mm-hmm. that we bring to this whole crazy thing. Cause mm-hmm. if it's, if it's not for that and, and being able to say, oh my gosh, yeah, I can kind of see myself in that or, you know whatever that might be. That's something I definitely struggle with is I can see myself in lots of different kinds of photography. Like I love so many different things. I like fun product photography, which I get to do with good and well, which is awesome. Um, I love adventure photography. I love food photography. I love cinematography. I love filmmaking. There's so many different things that I love. And I definitely think that a lot of people would tell you, you should have one niche and you should be known for one thing. Um, and I can definitely see the benefit of that. Like for example, target, Oh, this girl's really good at food photography. So we're going to hire her for that. Or this girl's really good for, you know, et cetera. They want a, you know, specific kind of person, but on the other side of the coin, it's like, because I'm so able to do different things that's helped me so much through COVID. Like I'm not just a product photographer. I'm not just an adventure photographer. So I've been able to really have a lot of different work to support my business. Um, But I definitely struggle with like, where do I necessarily fit in? Because I don't have just one niche. And maybe 
that's the conversation is just giving yourself grace about not needing to Mm -hmm. fit in because that's where you might get that call about taking an amazing trip or Mm -hmm. shooting a a product. I think sticking with one thing is highly overrated. I agree. (laughs) Do not recommend. (laughs) Totally. Well, you know, if I had just stuck with weddings, which is what I did, you know, a lot of in college to pay for stuff. I don't think I, I would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean, I don't re- recommend it because certainly that works for many people, but, mm-hmm. but it goes with just what you said. I think mm-hmm. what happens then is it becomes the magic slowly seeps away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're f- doing food photography or yet another, you know, corner of a bedroom or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you have to get the lighting right. And, and the, the pillows puffed just so, mm-hmm. and it's, if you can turn around and do an athlete on the coast, that's right. It just shakes it up. Totally. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the, uh, you never know what you're going to get kind of aspect, you know, what's yeah. coming next. What's, what's down the pipeline. It's pretty good. And I think too, battling with the imposter syndrome and all that, that is just something, it doesn't really go away yeah. because we're human and we're kind and we're thoughtful, but I just think it's figuring out how to, you know, is it, a different practice you give to yourself? Is it mm-hmm. yoga? Is it swimming? Is it stained glass? What are those things that even though, you know, those things trickle across, is, is it just having the, knowing the right people to call when you need to, you right. know, yeah. knowing the best poem to read that reminds you of something. You know? Yeah. I mean, before I've shot, I mean, I've been shooting for over 10 years and still when I go to shoot a wedding or to shoot a campaign or to shoot anything, a family photo, I still get nervous. Sure. Even though, and even though I know it's going to be good and I'm going to create a good product. Um, but then I think the amazing thing is that once I get started, it's like muscle memory takes over. Yeah. And sometimes I, and this is not to toot my own horn, but I'll almost like, I'll be t- directing people and telling people to do things and taking different angles and I'll, and one side of my head, I kind of step back and I'm like, dang, like mm-hmm. you're, you're not even thinking about this. Yeah. You're just like, you just know what you want. It's this muscle that you flex for so long. You know, what's going to look good. You know, what angles to get, you know, how to use the light to your benefit Yeah. and you're just going and doing. And in those moments, I feel really proud of myself because I do know what I'm doing and I'm good at it. And yeah. that muscle memory it's I just think that's such an amazing thing because there's literal muscle memory right with like your body and yeah. getting back into running or getting back into you know guitar chords or right exactly is. and we forget that our brain is also a muscle and yeah. you know that, like this amazing organ <laughs> oh, that like, flexing your brain like I've got photography like imprinted on my brain right that sounds so corny but <laughs> the way light the way that I like to use light as a natural light photographer you know that's like a tool in my my tool belt yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I worked hard to. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel proud of myself in those moments when, you know, my instinct kicks in and I'm just go, 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 you know, like do this, do that, do this, do that. I think, I think that's such a, it's, it's true for so many of us. And I think the nervousness too, that's also, I think that's a positive because it's, it's like, you're not taking yourself, you're not strutting in. You're like, Oh my gosh, I want to do my best. And, and then that muscle memory kicks in Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, let's, and then you just have fun with it, you know? Right. Well, cause it's important. I, I definitely feel a strong conviction about making sure people are happy with, with what I, you know, capture for them or, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, I shot a family session, um, where the grandfather had cancer and, you know, they were like, this might be our last opportunity to get photos with grandpa. And that's, that's so heavy, you know, and, and that. I've been tasked with such an important thing, yeah. you know, to really give them memories to hold on to. Mm. And, you know, the same with a brand. Like, I don't think there's any photo that's not important. Either it's for your mantle and it's to remember grandpa forever, or it's for a brand and I need you to make this shirt look really great for thousands of people to see. You know, they all have their important place. And as a photographer, I think it's important to care. That person asking you for that shot needs it to be the best. Right. You can put into it or mm-hmm. that piece of art or that, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're attracted to it or they've asked you because, because that's what they want. Who's inspiring you right now? Oh, let's see. I wrote some people down <laughs> um, because 
this is why I was looking at Instagram last night because I was like, I need to have things written down <laughs> to say to Margo. <laughs> or you could wing it. Uh, no, but see, this is, I'm so bad at this because I, well, first of all, like I said, I don't have a ton of photographers on my Instagram that inspire me because I just feel like there's just a lot of similar people, but I have a lot of stained glass inspiration. There you go. There's an incredible stained glass shop called Soft Shapes. They do really amazing work. Um, also Plant House, H-A-U-S, they're amazing. Um, but as far as photographers go, um, there's this guy named Steve Geralt and, um, he has a, I guess it's a brand called the garage learning. Mm. And he just does this amazing, uh, like if you're watching a commercial and you see like Doritos spitting out of a bag in slow-mo, or you see water falling over ice cubes, he does that in his wow. garage with like these mechanisms oh. that he builds oh my gosh. and like has these tiny little cameras that will go into the bag of the chips. And like, then he, he'll have like this whirly machine that spits the Doritos out and, oh and he shows God. you the behind the scenes of it all and teaches you how to do it at home. And to me, that's so inspiring. Directly. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I could watch his videos for hours but I think what's inspiring to me about that is his down and dirtiness. Like, I'm going to figure out how to do this in my garage and I'm going to create these badass campaigns for Doritos and yeah. whoever else um, in my garage with, you know, I think he, he must have an engineering background because it's wow. just incredible. So interesting to put those mm -hmm. things together. Talk about a niche, totally. a, but a fun one. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great gal photographer named Chelsea Kyle, and she does some really beautiful um, product photography and her style is very evident and obvious um, she's just really skilled with lighting and she creates these really sharp images um, she'll do a lot of like food styling it's really beautiful yeah. um, Kate Woodman photo out of I think she's out of Portland she does a lot of studio photography um, but she creates just really amazing stories through her work um, and lights things really beautifully. And she does yeah. a lot of photo manipulation as well, where she might shoot things like she might shoot the scene separately and then shoot the, the model separately and then combine them in oh, post. Interesting. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Um, and then lastly, I have a, a friend from college. Um, his name is Andre LaRoe, L-A-R-R-O-W. Um, we were, we worked at our student newspaper together. He was my photo editor and now he lives in New York city. Um, and he's so talented and mm. he does really amazing portraits. Um, and he's working for some really great brands and, um, I just always feel inspired by him and just think he's doing really amazing stuff. So yeah, those are all, they're very different. All of those people are very I different. I can't wait to go look. <laughs> and I think, I think it's so good to find things that inspire you that are in your lane or, mm -hmm. you know, in a way, um, because, you're not doing that same thing, mm -hmm. but you can relate. You can appreciate and relate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you inspire me, my dear. Oh, you inspire me. I, I love this project that you're doing and um, I feel so honored to be a part of it. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> people love that photograph. They, uh. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because we had so much fun that day taking mm -hmm. pictures at my dear friend, Tom Conway's amazing property and there were just a lot of good windows to poke out of but there were so many good pictures like <laughs> i'll just keep all the rest of we these. haven't we haven't talked about our meeting story how no, we met we haven't i we don't haven't. even know how you found me actually you know what it was is mm -hmm. i you were <gasps> yes remember? yes okay because Shauna Ahern, who's mm -hmm. also been on the podcast, had a, well, we still could. There was an in-person, yeah. she was planning taking her book enough kind of on the road and, and having um, panel discussions with women that she had pulled together from wherever that community was. She, and talking about, she has these great questions that she asks all about being mm -hmm, enough. And, mm -hmm. and the first one was here on Vashon Island in Washington at... Mm -hmm. um, this wonderful art center we have. And you were one of the photographers. You were the photographer. And it. I had a booth. And I remember you coming up talking to me. And yes. And that was the, that was one of those things because it's really, you know, when you're creative and involved in the creative world and you have a lot of friends that are very, you know, good at what they do. It was, I saw your work. Cause there was a lot of women businesses set up mm -hmm. in the lobby and 
like, okay, there it is. That's done. Done. <laughs> She's video and photography and it's not cookie cutter and it's not the same. Yeah. I'm going to figure out a way to work with her. And then when I started this and I knew I was a little, you know, 20 years behind on getting photographs taken. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll call Elise. And not only that, but I got just this fantastic dear friend out of it. Oh, I know. I just... We became friends so fast. Yeah, we did. It's, but that it's... was an example of a free. I did that event for free uh, because I just wanted to help, you know, Tina and yeah. Shauna out like they need photos. And yeah. that led to amazing relationships and to yeah. other gigs. And yeah. I've always said, I say this to anyone who's wondering how to get ahead, how to grow their business say yes to everything you can. Yeah. Especially starting out. I mean, my first wedding was a hundred dollars because her photographer canceled. It was a, they were going to do it for free and she didn't have the budget for it. So I spent, you know, an eight hour day shooting for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And that was, you know, years and years ago. And now I can charge $4,000 for a wedding, which my little self would never have believed that, you know, right? like just saying yes to whatever you can, not, you know, not letting people take advantage of you, right, like knowing right. your worth, mm-hmm. but setting aside time to do pro bono, to do free things, to put yourself out there because every connection you make can lead to something else. Every single one. I, and that's not just something your teachers tell you. It's true. It's so true. It's true. I, I find that the years that I've spent Oh gosh, what's the right word for it? Just paying attention and following people and really standing for what people creatively do or what they do anyway. Mm-hmm. And just commenting here and there. Like I I never set out to say like I want to build something where people, you know, might be paying attention to how to connect themselves right. with others or creatively move forward. But what happens is when you're, you're just putting yourself out there in a genuine way, like you said, and being helpful and being, uh, you know, serving others with your talents Mm -hmm. in a way that you're not, you're not undermining yourself, but you're, it feels Mm -hmm. right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what that brings back? You know, Mm -hmm. it's a hundred million fold of totally those people that say, Oh my gosh, I can relate to that person that I can connect to that person. Mm-hmm. I can ask that person a question. I can ask that person to work with me totally. And I can trust them. Yeah. Trust. I think that's a huge thing with photographers, just feeling like, you know, that they're going to capture what you want in the right way. They're going to capture you in the right way, you know, and also being open to critique, being open to like, Oh, can you edit this a little differently? Or can you do this a little differently? You know, not being easily offended by things. And, yeah. and I think that, working on a marketing team really helped that because you've got so many different, so much different feedback coming at you from so many different people and not letting it be personal, just being like, okay, this is what they want. And such a good point. I mean, really one of the top skills in your toolbox should be flexibility. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personally. Oh mm-hmm. my God, seriously. And it's so hard as a creative It is because your work so is your heart, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's so important to someone's paying you. Yeah, exactly. They are the client and they get to say what they like and what they don't like, you know, yeah. and you got to move with it and flex with it. For sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Such good tips. You have to come yeah. be the, you know, you have to come give monthly tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I think of tips on the fly and then I forget them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, well, I can actually look out my window. I'm going to take my microphone with me. I'm going to look, look out my window and I'm going to look wave across the water. Me too. I'll take a little picture and stick it in the in the yeah, show in the bio and put Elise a little arrow is. to where Elise is. But not for long. Not for Soon long. I'll be down closer. the street. Yeah. Very exciting. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Elise and I live on a little island called Vashon Island in the Salish Sea in Washington, in the Puget Beautiful Sound. Washington. We are lucky. We are very lucky on this beautiful little community and full of artists, which is pretty awesome to live yeah. here with, with that. It is. And, th- and this time, you know, when we are remote and yeah, it just feels good to be in a place where we really can kind of not put ourselves in front of everybody else all the time, mm-hmm. but still be connected. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've been trying to find this quote. I'm not like a huge quote person, but there's this quote that always touched me in it's a photography quote obviously 
so the author is Ian McEwen, and it's kind of a heavy quote, but it is photography itself that creates the illusion of innocence. Its ironies of frozen narrative lend to its subjects an apparent unawareness that they will change or die. It is the future they are innocent of. Fifty years on, we will look at them with the godly knowledge of how they turned out after all, who they married, the date of their death, with no thought for who will one day be holding photographs of us. Uh... And that's what I always think about when I look at those old antique photos yeah. in, in, in a box in an antique store. Like yeah. when they had that photo taken, they never thought that someday they'd be in a box with a random stranger wondering who they were and what their lives were like. You know, oh, I think about that so much. And I think about it um, going through my own photographs or my parents, you know, with, with mom and dad kind of looking at, through photographs. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going to happen to all these someday? I know. Well, and, you know, 50 years from now, maybe not that soon, but people won't know who we are or what we did or, you know, we're just this little blip. And I think that's what's amazing about photography is that it creates the ability to remember all these moments. And, you know, hopefully you write on the back of the photo who you were and what, you know, and that's kind of a sad thing now, right, is that we're not printing photos and writing on them and they're just on these tiny little it's got Mobile some computer. caption under it. I know. <laughs> it's kind of, I, I really, I'm, I'm tasking myself with printing photos. I want to do that because when I eventually have kids, I don't want them to not have that opportunity of flipping through a photo book and, you know, looking at these silly snapshots of wrapping Christmas presents or sitting under the tree or whatever, you know, photos are a pretty amazing gift. No, it's true. And, and those who, those who make them are you know leaving a legacy at the same time i think that's what i love about journalism so much you know is looking back at incredible photos from you know tumultuous times in history or even just simple times you know i mean i can i can think of photos right now from the vietnam war and the great depression and just doing the same you know like just these photos that stick with you forever during segregation during all these times that because a photographer went out and put themselves in that action it yeah. captured these incredible moments and I'm not exactly doing that, but <laughs> well, you capture mm. some pretty breathtaking moments. It's oh, thank great. you. Yeah. Thank you. Even that it's just the real stuff. Yeah. Know? And you yeah. do that well. And I think it's just something for us all to think about what are our real moments and what lights us up and what feels right and keep putting yeah. that out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Lee. Thank you, Margo. I hope that uh, got some, you know, interesting tidbits in there. <laughs> Plenty. Gives people inspiration to follow what they want to do and what they love to do. And art can be a career. It can be. <laughs> it really can. I promise. <laughs> just, you know, the twists and turns are just all part of it. Yeah. I think it's so important also, though, having people in your corner, you know, people that support yeah. you and love you and believe in you and i'm lucky to have you as one of those people i'm a big fan i'm a cheerleader (laughs) thank you my dear thank you so good to talk to you and we have come to the end of another recording of windowsill chats thanks so much for being here with me I value your time, and I just hope you've gotten as much out of this as I have. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations and these friends and these wonderful people that I have met along the way. So if you're so inclined, another reminder to subscribe and jot down a review for me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have any questions or want to check out more details that we talked about, head over to the show notes at tantowstudio.com. I look so forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one, everyone.